The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Where is your vibration right now? Could it be higher? There are so many factors affecting your vibrational energy. The outside, the words of others, our own self-doubts. It's time to raise your vibration and increase awareness. You've entered the Awareness Marketplace with your guide and host, Michael Daly. Life throws us a lot of curveballs, but we can face them and keep moving forward. Today's show will include your participation and some amazing guests. Now, here's Michael Daly. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Awareness Marketplace. And uh, it's it's actually hard to figure that we are down to our 11th week uh, here on the Awareness Marketplace. Um, it seems like yesterday we just started, um, I guess, uh, no time, no space. But there actually is time when it gets to counting down the episodes of the show so um, the, what we've tried to focus on on this show is that each one of us has a unique and very powerful ability to create uh, things in our life, really create what we want if we really uh, get ourselves to that level of belief that we can actually go out and be and create what we want. And we focused in past shows on healing your mind, um, getting some quiet time. Uh, doing some meditation, making separations from all the vibrations that we encounter in a day. We've also focused on healing um, our bodies and being nice to our bodies, actually listening to our bodies and acknowledging uh, our bodies on a present time basis of what they want. And today we're going to look at healing uh, through the space around us, how it actually affects us and how we can actually... um, set up the tool through the tool of feng shui we can actually help ourselves create and um the show is entitled maximizing our lives through feng shui i have a very special guest um, who helps people assist their um with their vibration for abundance health success and the tool through the through the tool of scientific feng shui um, let me just introduce my guest because she really is an amazing, has an amazing biography and it was very, very hard to put it into uh, a thousand characters. It says, Dr. Sonona, Simona Manini is a doctor of, in architecture and feng shui who teaches scientific feng shui to help others increase their wellness, abundance and success in their lives. In particular, she has specialized in architectural projects under design, new new construction, and renovation. Dr. Manini has been dubbed the expert of feng shui in the field of feng shui to hire when you're looking for answers on how to apply feng shui in the areas of the office, increasing business revenues, reducing stress, improving creativity and productivity, and in many other areas. Acknowledged by her Asian peers as being a master in the field of feng shui, Dr. Manini has been selected 
to be the only U.S. representative at the International Conference on Scientific Feng Shui held in Hong Kong, Europe, and in Singapore. Dr. Manini uh, currently teaches at the Department of, Agri of Architecture and Interior Design at UCLA, and our first book, Feng Shui for Architecture, has become a classic and is much used in and read by many and admired. So with no more, more ado, I'm going to introduce and welcome you to the show. Dr. Manini, are you out there, Simona? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, and, and welcome to the show. I, I was just really, I was reading off your, your um, bio, and I was just going, my gosh, what, what a very creative person. Can you talk us to how how you actually got into feng shui. Well, where did it all begin for you? Because on this show, if, you, if you're a listener or my listeners know that, I always want to show um, our listeners how people uh, get into following their paths. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I do have kind of two versions of, of how that happened. I have a more secular version and one that is the real true version, so I feel like, you know, in this show, I can probably share with you the true version of it, and that um, goes back to the days where I was in architectural school in the late 80s. Um, I was in Milan in architectural school, and, you know, those of you that are familiar with architectural practice, it's very much about design and making sure your building stands up, that the roof doesn't collapse on the head of the people that live there, and so on and so forth, and so... I didn't know at that time, but I had a very strong inclination for metaphysical subjects. It's just that, you know, it wasn't done in those days um, in Italy. And so when I was in architectural school, I was in a physics class, and my teacher was talking about electromagnetism and how all the energy, everything that exists in nature is made of energy that interacts with each other. So everything, all the energy fields of every single thing that exists in nature interacts with each other, including humans and, and people and buildings and materials. And when I was there, I just had this vision and I saw the energy fields of people and I saw how they interact with the building and how they interact with each other. And it was such a vision, of, you know, with my open eyes that I didn't question for a second that this was not a mainstream type of knowledge that I could learn somewhere. And so I spent the following 10 years pretty much researching who could teach something like that. And um, as I said, it wasn't done in mainstream academia. It wasn't done in mainstream schools. And it wasn't until actually I um, traveled in Hong Kong and Asia and eventually here in the States, and I was exposed to the Asian community, that I um, learned about feng shui and more in detail. And so I started looking for a teacher, wondering if this is, was this, you know, strange discipline that I was looking for. And um, I have to say there are a lot of information out there about feng shui and, you know, I would say misinformation but coming from an academical background, a very secular type of education, and um, I wasn't looking for anything that had to do strictly with the religion. I was looking for something that could explain, be explained scientifically, that could be explained to anybody in the world, not just Chinese or not just Italian or not just America, American, something that had some shared roots and principles that were universal. 
And, um, and, you know, it took me a while, actually. I had to research several years, different teachers all over the United States, all over Europe, all over Asia. And then eventually I um, met somebody that was teaching scientific feng shui, the scientific approach of feng shui, which incidentally also happened to be the traditional imperial feng shui that was developed over thousands of years in the imperial courts of China, and it wasn't a mainstream discipline. It was really a knowledge that was kind of sophisticated and, you know, only shared by by few people because it really takes actually quite a bit of time to fully fully learn all the intricacy of this teaching. And the more I studied, the more intrigued I got. In the beginning, I thought, oh, I'll I'll learn for six months, and then I utilize this principle in my architectural practice. And I found that the more I studied, the more intrigued I became, and the more complex it became, and I just didn't want to give it up. And before I know, people started asking me to give presentations. My first presentation was in 1997 at the American Institute of Architects in Los Angeles. And, um, and then I was asked to teach at UCLA Extension in 2000. And then I was asked to speak in conferences. And people started con- asking me to consult for their projects. And I just kind of fell into, into it professionally and became my, my main profession. So I kind of abandoned architecture per se, and I just focused on providing this knowledge to other people that were interested in using it, but couldn't take 20 years to become proficient at it. And since I've already done it, I figured, why not? That sounds like a perfect niche market for my services. Right, and we're very grateful you do that because I I, I was watching your uh, videos online and and what you do, and you do an excellent job of explaining actually, you know, the the to bottom line people who've never heard of the process what feng shui is. So I'm going to ask you if you can just kind of give us a broad. Um, I know you told me before you could give me a two hour lecture on this, but a, a broad like outline. What what are the principles of scientific feng shui as as you teach them? Well, the some principle, we have to remember two things, as I'm giving you this explanation, first of all, and is that feng shui was developed over a period of time, over, over about possibly 2,000 years time span. So some of the languages that they use is a little bit archaic and a little bit symbol- symbolic, but also it's useful to remember that Chinese are very practical, and everything they say has actually a very practical application. And I found that a lot of the principle, once we look at them in a broader spectrum, they actually coincide with a lot of our modern um, uh, scientific principle. For example, one of the main things, and they call it the, the three powers, is that of the three powers are, if you can think about it, just visualize for a second, you know, the surface of the earth, and below our feet there is the earth, and above our head there is the sky, there's a cosmos that opens up to, you know, out there. And there, these three powers uh, are composed of the heavens chi, which actually they call it heavens, but they mean the cosmos. So it's the cosmos energy, the life force energy that comes from the cosmos, and, and um, particularly from the sun, which is the strongest, most young, Mm -hmm. So you can envision this electromagnetism, electromagnetic wave coming from the sun, raining down on the surface of the planet. And then this 
electromagnetism, this wave, actually reach the core of our planet and obtain a response, an Earth response, which is a geomagnetic response, actually, and, and this vibration actually comes up to the surface of the planet and radiates out towards the sky. And so in the process of doing that, this one that comes from the, from the center of the Earth and radiates out is called Earth Chi. So this is the second power. And then in the process between the, the cosmos energy raining down and the Earth energy radiating up, the two kind of cross. And, and so on the surface of the planet, anything that exists on the surface of the planet, whether there are plants, animals, human beings, we all have this vibration running to our bodies. And so the life force energy of the universe, the one from the heaven, the one from the earth, nourishes our body, and that's what keeps us alive. It's yes. like this beautiful mechanism that nature has created to bring an energy force that keeps um, the world alive, pretty much. And so right. when we build our building and we plant our foundation into the ground, and then we start building it up, we capture inside this blend of earth chi and heaven's chi, and then when we put the roof on, this vibration, this blend of energy, is remain present inside our building and become almost like a genetic imprint for the quality of our building. And our building can be analyzed with scientific feng shui can be analyzed almost like a human can be analyzed with Chinese medicine. The basic principles are the same as Chinese medicine, just the way we heal a building is different than the way we heal people. But we have an imprint of qi inside our building that can support, actually it's support, supposed to support our well-being. In, in Chinese, um, in Chinese, metaphysics, the wellness, the health, is not just about the absence of disease. It's about um, keeping our body work at the maximum of our potential so that we can manifest all that we are on a spirit level and on a physical level. And so they talk about um, that in order to have health, you have to be mindful of the food that you eat, the hair that you breathe, and the environment you surround yourself with. And this goes back to feng shui, because that blend of earth chi and heaven's chi that is inside our building becomes the energy that affects us every day. If you just imagine the house where you live, the, the quality of the chi in the house affects you, and then you go to work, and you spend eight hours of work in your office, that energy of that building also affects you. Then you go back home, and, you know, you have your dinner, you go to bed, and for eight hours you are in your bedroom sleeping. You think you're just sleeping, yes. but when you're sleeping, your body kind of lets go of all the stress and absorbs the energy from your house. And so if your house has a good energy, it will support you. If your house does not have a good energy then it will not support you, it will not heal you, and day after day after day, you will start losing your own original essence that you were born with because there is nothing to help you recharge 
And so it's doing that, your body physically will start physically breaking up. But before it breaks up into illness, it will start breaking up in your relationship, the way you respond to stress, um, your relationship with your family, your relationship with the people around you, because you don't respond well. Your, your mind might not be as focused and sharp, and so at work you won't perform well. If you have your own business, you might not perform well. That could very quite possibly lead to making wrong decision and um, manifesting a lot of money losses. And so everything that happens around us is actually a reflection of who we are as far as our personality and our DNA and the energy that we absorb from around us, which is the fuel that keeps us going. Um, and so in the building, you know, once we do an analysis of the building, we look at aspects like, you know, what areas are better for health, what areas might have problems that will affect health, what part of the body this problem could manifest. Something that people don't know is that every direction relates to a different part of the human anatomy. So if a section is missing or if a section um, contains an energy in the, in the DNA, the chi DNA of the building that is not favorable for health, that part of the body must start suffering. And, you know, in Chinese medicine, for example, our, our energy is broken up in five levels. The, the heart is to do with our emotional self, and the, the spleen of all places has to do with our intelligence, and, um, and the liver has to do with our, um, our higher astral body, for lack of another term. Let's, let's call it that way. So the experience right. that we have when you sleep, I refer to our liver. And then in the lung, there is the consciousness of the physical body and the instinct of survival for the physical body. And then in the kidney is our creativity. So if any of these or more um, are not supported by the energy of the building, that any of them can start having a problem and compromise the entire system. Right. Uh, you know, it's great because I, I love uh, the way you describe it in one of your videos, how you describe feng shui as kind of a recharging of your batteries, being able to you know come home and have your batteries recharged. And um, we're, we're coming up on a break, um, but when we come back after the break, we're going to look at um, your, a person's ability in their, to create a house that will help them recharge and um, rejuvenate after, say, a difficult day at work and in many different um, other circumstances we're going to look at. So we're going to come up on a break right now, and we look forward to you joining us after the break. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Sometimes in the busyness of daily living, we can forget who we truly are as spiritual beings with intent and purpose fueling our goals and dreams. Remembering begins with navigating belief structures, family or cultural expectations and history so we can find our way. Listen in to Timeshare. With host Marie Jackson, Marie and her regular contributors discuss life's questions, challenges, obstacles, and rewards, all bringing us to the spirit 
of who we are. Timeshare with Marie Jackson can be heard live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Sit back, relax, breathe. Reconnect to the still, small voice within. Take the time to make a weekly visit to the sounds of the heart with host Sandy Goldstone. This unique program will help you cultivate and strengthen your heart's connection and feel love, beauty, and joy. You don't need to fear or suffer. Heed the call. Say yes to living from the heart's truth. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Join the evolving consciousness of humanity. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are tuned in to the Awareness Marketplace. To reach Michael Daly or today's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to awarenessmarketplace at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. So welcome back to the Awareness Marketplace, where our very special guest today is Dr. Simona Manini, um, feng shui a specialist uh, who teaches at UCLA. And uh, Simona, I'd like to ask you about um, somebody who is out there right now who's just bought a house or they're buying a house. And can you kind of say hello to their ability to set the energy of the house to how they want it? Um, perhaps um, the energy of, because I was talking to a friend of mine recently, she found out that somebody had died in a house before she actually went ahead and bought the house, but she found out um, a person that died. Can you talk about clearing the old energies of um, previous owners and things that have happened in a, in a house? Okay, sure. I, I get this kind of question quite often. Actually, it's very popular, especially now the market is pretty good. People are buying. Um, we, we need to differentiate, actually, on two, two particular situations. Well, because in California, we are in you know, one of the states that has to disclose uh, if there has been a death, and they have to disclose the circumstances of the death, which actually makes a huge difference in feng shui. Because sometimes I have clients that call me and they say, you know, I'm buying a house, I love the house, I think the energy is great, but somebody died in the house. So I always ask them, what are the circumstances? If the answer is, well, the people lived there for 30 years, were very happy, they were in their 90s, and they just died, that's part of life, you know, you, you cannot really change that. But if somebody tells me they bought this house and they moved in and, you know, after six months there was a robbery and they got shot or um, they developed some kind of terminal illness, you know, very fast terminal illness and they died, that's usually the red flag. It means the problem is the house. There's something in the energy of the house that causes that. Most of the time, Changing the energy per se um, is actually the, the, the changing the remaining, let's say, the remaining of the previous occupants on an energy level is really not that hard. 
Um, we have, you know, plenty of clearing techniques that comes from a shamanic tradition or Native American tradition. From feng shui, it's, it's very easy. We, we do things on a physical level. Um, you move in, you, you open all the window, you clear everything down to a T, repaint the wall, um, redo the floor, you know, pull the carpeting up, redo the floor. And this physical change changes bring in so much young energy and the young energy is so vibrant then spirits that are more yin they cannot stand around it so they have to you know kind of go away um and so i would suggest something like that for anybody that is moving in a house that had a bad history um Mm -hmm. the reason why i was pointing out the two different scenario is because um in one case is life and the other instead might be a symptom of something more serious that is underlying in the house. Houses right. are not all the same. Based on right. the year that they were constructed and the orientation, they might have a different mm-hmm. energy composition. Mm-hmm. There are certain houses that are better for health, and there are certain houses that are not so good for health. There are some houses that are good for money, and some houses that are not good for money. There are houses mm-hmm. that are good for money and for health, and there are houses that are bad for health and bad for money. And so there are many, many different variations on these houses. I went to see right. yesterday, I was in Arizona yesterday, seeing a house of a gentleman who purchased this beautiful, gorgeous home in a up-and-coming development and with his family. And, you know, it's a little concerned because the previous people there had some kind of trouble history. And when I did, you know, do an analysis of the house, I realized, oh, this house does have problems. And in this case, the problem were of a financial nature. And so he was lucky enough because it was a single-family resident. And so some of the functional cures, sometimes we have to be um, outside the house to be able to affect the house because they affect the chi as it approaches the house or they reverse the energy field of the house. And so in this case, the cure, the correction, was to have a large water feature in the backyard because for him was the right position. Now, this might work for some of our listeners, might not work for others, but if you want to give it a try, that might work. Um, this was for financial problems. Um, right. For, for, um, for relationship or for um, health issue in particularly, that might have more to do with the way they move inside the house or the directions, or maybe the people, date of birth, not being supported by the energy of the house, because even people have a different energy imprint, so we can match people and buildings. Like if right. somebody is born with a gua, the wood element, for example, and if you don't know what your, what your triagram of birth is, you can go on my training website, and there is a, under references, under book there is references, and you can find it based on your year of birth. Um, right. And that's FengShuiTrainingCenter.com. Um, and so if somebody's born under the, the wood element and they're living in a house, they're living in a house that, um, let's say, their bed position, the orientation of their headboard is towards west or northwest, which are metal direction, that metal direction actually chops the wood. It's very aggressive. That energy is not supportive for wood people. And I've seen a, a great deal of people developing health issues based on that. Um, and so it's right. something to, to be mindful. 
there might be other things that, you know, there is a variety of things. There, is, there isn't just one thing. Um, there might be a variety of them. And so sometimes you might have a house that is not, has not been good for health for the previous people, but might work, you know, kind of okay for the following occupant simply for the fact that the new occupant has a different date of birth and so it's not bothered by being in a direction that is not good for him or her. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, what I was looking at as well is there are times where you're looking in your house and you just, you feel it's old and you just feel there's parts of your house that you may not use at all because you just can't get into them or um, if there's an energy there blocking and I see, I mean, people just move things around. Is there any um, way of using feng shui to kind of know when to do that or... Well, it's always a good thing to move things around because, you know, mm -hmm. we don't like stagnant chi. Um, generally speaking, you know, fresh breeze and sunlight, they energize the chi, they keep it alive. But sometimes if we live for, you know, several years in a house and never make any changes, the energy that does get a little bit stagnant. Yes. yes. And so I yes. normally, you know, in, in the Chinese tradition, um, they're very strong about recommending to do the spring cleaning. They don't call it spring cleaning. They call it New Year's cleaning. And it usually is done in January, before Chinese New Year, um, mm -hmm. so that you you remove all the, all the old energy and you throw away all the things that are broken and not right. working and old and redundant. I, you throw I do that all the time. You open up the space to bring in the new chi. Uh -huh. So they uh -huh, recommend right. to do that before Chinese New Year. But I think there isn't really a cookie-cutter approach to it. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, we can do that at any time of the year. It's always a good thing to do. Because when we, when we do that, you know, as for, for us just to put the attention on doing it and moving things around, it really stirs up the chi. And so, and so, and as we start opening up the space by throwing away things, then we can collect new energy, new vibrant energy anytime. And I think that's a great hello, um, not not just in feng shui, but in, in say clothes or you know old books or things you have that you don't really want anymore. Um, I know I was hanging on to my college notes. Um, I just got rid of them this year, and I realized I was great. I didn't. I wasn't in survival anymore for my my master degree notes. Um, I'd like to talk to you about. So, if you look at the architecture here in California, I was walking in Balboa Island yesterday in Newport Beach, and I was just looking at how beautiful the houses are there, but some people are living in townhouses or apartments that are very close together, and um, where the energies of, say, your neighbor and yourself are, are very much, uh, are very close. Is there anything a person can do to separate from the energy of, say, your neighbors, or um, if you're living in a, a townhouse or an apartment complex that is where people are in Southern California, where there's a lot of just boxes. <laughs> well, you, you touch a sensitive point there because I feel the same way. I'm, I'm up in L.A. and it seems like the, the population is increasing exponentially mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, taller buildings than being built. And it seems like there is this feeling of, of um, you know, literally claustrophobic by mm -hmm. having so many people around us. Um, I know exactly exactly what you mean. Um, my experience or the way that I've been working on it is 
you know, there isn't much that you can do. That's the way the buildings are built. Either mm-hmm. if you're very sensitive, maybe you decide just to move in an area that is less congested. Right. But if, um, if overall you like where you are and you need to make the best of it, my suggestion is always that it, it's almost like a traditional Chinese medicine approach. You cannot change what's outside. You can just make yourself stronger. And so right. you can do the same thing with your homes by making the, the feng shui and the energy in your place stronger. Then, you know, the building will support and will protect you and will, you know, keep others' energy out. Um, that's right. what, what we notice is, you know, when we start having um, an energy problem, pretty much, our building has energy problem and it affects us physically we become oversensitive to noise, we become oversensitive to the presence of other people, the chi of other people, we mm-hmm. feel bullied and overwhelmed, and mm-hmm. we are very unhappy, especially if the noise gets amplified, yes. and it's like we have this ability of listening to people breathing in the next building. Right. Um, so really, the, the only a solution for that, you know, I know some people go into these feng shui fights where... Some people put out a, a dragon picture towards their neighbor, and then the neighbors put out something else against them, and, and so on and so forth. But um, the, 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 the easiest way really is that of making the, the energy in your own place as strong as possible, and even your own energy if you need some extra. I, I found Qigong and Tai Chi practicing, and Qigong in particularly, really being very beneficial on a health level to help building up a nice shield of energy around you that makes you, that creates a buffer between you and everybody else, not just your neighbor, but even right. at work. Right. Right. And, and, and uh, that's, what, that's what I was saying about being able to withstand stress and stressful situation. That's pretty much it. You create an energy field, a chi field around you that supports and it serves as a buffer pretty much. Right. And do you have suggestions for people? Because many people work out of their houses. I mean, I know I do myself. I, I bring home work. I do work on a radio show in my house. And and then how do you separate? How do you how do you suggest to separate the work energy from um, your actual living space? Because I had a great story. I was up in, I was invited to the Pixar Studios. I got a private uh, view of the Pixar Studios. And one of the things that my host pointed out is they have this big boardroom where they have meetings only for um, the business end. And then they have this other boardroom where they have meetings for the creative end. They never mix the energies. And I was I was like just amazed at how how much information there was in there. So what do you, do you do to suggest to people who kind of work, live, maybe they have their kids in the same house, uh, maybe they have people coming into their house? Um, how how do you set up your home to kind of s- separate work from um, your living space? Um, you know, this is pretty much part of what I I tell people all the time because everybody tends to do that. You know, we are so overtaken by everything that we do that, you know, we are, we are unable to physically separate them. But um, I, I explain people that areas like bedrooms, they are yin room, and they are designed just for the purpose, like Frank Lloyd Wright said, they're designed for the purpose of sleeping or making babies. <laughs> now, making babies is optional. If you want to have a good restful sleep, 
you really should not do any work in the bedroom. And I have clients that take their laptop and sit in, on, in their bed in the morning. They, as soon as they mm-hmm. wake up, they get their laptop, go back to bed, and start working there. That actually is not helpful because working activates the young portion of your nervous system and, mm-hmm. and the, the more active. And you said when you're sleeping, the bedroom should be the area that activates the parasympathetic part of your nervous system. And so if you're mm-hmm. doing both activities, they are yin and yang in the bedroom, well, guess what? You end up not really be successful at any of them. Um, right. Because you will not rest well and you will not be able to focus well for work. So it's paramount that we keep this function separate. Even if you have to say, you know, I, that's what I did in my own house. I needed a classroom to teach my virtual classes. So I converted my formal dining room, which never got used anyway, into an mm-hmm. office space, and uh, and then that's where I do all my all my teaching from. But right. the bedroom is the bedroom, and right. I have another office, which is the official office, where I do the consultation, and that's officially just for the consultation. So it's really important, right. even for children's bedroom, we do the same with children. You know, mm-hmm. no children ever study in their bedroom. Learn from the kids. They sleep in their bedroom, but when they do the homework, where do they go? They go on the kitchen table or in the dining room table. They want to be close to mommy. They don't want to yes. be alone in their homes. So we have to right. learn from them. So we, 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 we even have to learn. Yeah, even if our places are really small, you know, we, mm-hmm. we need to figure out a ra- rational way of dividing them. So that we can not, you know, not mix the two energies. Pretty much, um, right. if you have, as I said, formal dining room, it's great. If you have an extra bedroom, great. I have a lot of clients that use their guest bedroom as their office. Right. But you know what? They're they're sharing their their extra bedroom as an office, and they have a full <laughs> queen size bed in there. Well, when yes. I ask them how many people do come and spend the night with you here, well, maybe once or twice a year, then, you know, you don't want to be working in your office and be looking at a bed because it, it reminds you, oh, my God, I'm tired. I want to take a nap. Then in that case, take a, use a, a, a mercy bed instead, something that disappears into a piece of furniture. You don't see it all the time. Mm-hmm. But then during, during the day when you're working, especially if it's a full-time home office, you really need to be able to focus and, you know, use your creative power um, for work, not for thinking about sleeping and resting. The other thing right. is, you know, so separating the two energies is very important. Even if we work in small spaces um, and we need to maybe dedicate an area of our dining room um, right. to, to, all, to an office or a desk, that's better than having to do it in your bedroom. Pretty much... Do not set up any workspace in the bedrooms. Um, oh, you know, and, uh, everything happens yes. in the bedroom these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You know, sometimes uh, I walk into million-dollar homes and they have this ginormous master bedroom with uh, with an archway that takes them into the gym, uh-huh. and then there is an archway that takes them into a retreat that is set up like an office. And I, you know, I just have to go out of my of my mind to tell them, you know, put on put doors up, up here, you want to separate these two spaces, put doors up there, because the, 
one of the first reasons why they're calling me is because they're having difficulty sleeping. Of course they have difficulty sleeping. Your brain is running all the time. You do some work Mm -hmm. and then you step over to the bed and go to bed. Of course you cannot rest well. Or the first thing when you wake up and open your eyes and see your gym, of course you're not resting well. You know, we need to be able to, to go back to the good sense of the old days that is not as common these days anymore, and it's to know to listen to our body. If we're not sleeping well, then there's something going on here. What have I done that causes me to be so restless? And often right. are, are a lot of openings in the in the bedroom, a lot of windows and a lot of doors. If we want to rest well, we have to close all of them when we sleep. Perhaps even think about having blackout curtains if you don't have them yet. Um, also, in addition not to do any work in the bedroom, our bed should be in what's called the power position. And the power position means is a solid wall behind our bed, our bed, our bed headboard. Right, and I'm, I'm going to, I actually was I was researching that during the week, and I'm going to actually invite you back to speak about that. We're going to come up on another break right now. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bedroom and also some colors um, that we can associate with um, helping to raise our vibration in our living spaces. So we're going to take okay, a break great. right now. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Divine Masters and Angels of Love and Light are here to assist you on your life's journey. Brigitte Boyer channels St. Germain and other Masters and Angels every week on the power of transformation, pathway to enlightenment. Each transformation can be frightening and uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be done alone. Receive loving support to help you remain balanced and at peace. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Spoiler alert, a space of being may cause spontaneous laughter, extra money, ease, joy, magic showing up in your life, and outrageously orgasmic moments. Join Grace Hart live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel, where she combines her psychic abilities and the tools of access consciousness to assist you to create a totally different reality and transform your personal and professional life, including relationships and finance. I wonder what magical possibilities await you at a space of being. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to the Awareness Marketplace. To reach Michael Daly or today's guest, please call into our program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to awarenessmarketplace at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. So welcome back um, to Dr. Uh, Simona Manini, who is a uh, feng shui ex- expert and teaches at UCLA. And Simona, I'd like you to give out your um, information um, to people, because I know there's people probably saying, how do I get in contact with her? And I know you offer 
um, some great classes and um, lots of opportunities to people. Um, do you offer them online as well as just people who live down in Los Angeles? Um, yes, actually, I have a, a training center online, which is designed specifically so people can attend my classes via live webinar or pre-recorded videos online Excellent. and from Excellent. everywhere in the world. We have people Excellent. pretty much from, um, from all the way from Singapore, Europe, and Canada, Mexico, South America, and, of course, United States. Um, so the training center is fengshuitrainingcenter.com. Uh, Feng Shui is F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I, trainingcenter.com. And that's our training center website, uh, all the information on the classes and how to register and how to um, start viewing the video. We have both beginning classes, basic classes, classes on manifesting the law of attraction because Feng Shui is actually the one that helps us amplify our energy so that we can attract what we want. And also I have certification program, programs for designers and for people that are interested in becoming professional feng shui consultants. And this is our training site. And then I have my consulting website, which is fengshuiarch.com, spell A-R-C-H.com. And that's my... Um, just my consulting website for the information about our consultation. And I know you work with uh, individuals and with companies and with um, uh, every every type of situation. Um, is there situations that you don't work with or is, do you work on anyone's situation? Well, generally speaking, I work on everyone's situation because the purpose of Feng Shui is not just looking at the space and say this is right. good and this is bad. Although it's very useful for that purpose, uh, mm-hmm. the purpose of Feng Shui is, you know, being able to fix everything um, so that people can improve their lifestyle. And, you know, I teach my students that some of the case studies, some of the clients that I learned the most from were clients that had really, really bad houses. Mm-hmm. Because after implementing our suggestions, they saw the changes, and the one they reported the biggest changes and the biggest success story. So I'm actually nice. always excited. I recommend in my career now. I've been consulting for 20 years, and I've only recommended people maybe a couple of times to move. Mm-hmm. And those were nice. very, very extreme cases where people were very, very ill. And um, the house was so powerfully strong against them that all the therapy that they were doing or all the medical procedures that they were doing were not able to counteract it. But other than that, in most cases, we can fix just about everything. Right. And and before we uh, went to break, you were talking about um, sleeping and actually getting a sound sleep. And you know, uh, the airflow, I, I'm a very interesting person. I leave the window open, whether it's two degrees or whether it is a hundred degrees outside, I need to have fresh air. Maybe it's just the European in me, but uh, even in a, a hotel, I'll have to open a window. Um, can you talk a little bit about having a good sound sleep? Because I know you're talking about having a solid uh, wall behind you. Yes. Well, that of having the window open a little bit is something that I've encountered pretty much across the board, so I don't think it's necessarily the fact that you're European, because I'm European <laughs> too, and I want everything shut 
off and shut down <laughs> and don't want to even just sense a little bit of light, not even the smoke uh-huh. alarm light when I sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but pretty much um, what we want to do with the bedroom, because it is the place, most of us think that the bedroom is only the place where we sleep, we have our eyes closed, you know, doesn't matter what's going on there. But in reality, we want our bedroom to be well lit during the day so that the energy, mm-hmm. the radiation from the sun, the sunlight can actually energize the chi of the room. We don't want a room that is oh. too dark during the day. Okay. So we need to open the curtains and open maybe the window for at least an hour or so to circulate mm-hmm. the air. But then when we sleep, we want to be able to um, make that space, the bedroom space, safe and secure for us, and every individual needs is slightly different, um, but secure enough for us so that we can just relax, let go of all the trouble of the day, and fall asleep and have our full sleep cycle. And so in order to do that, there are a few things that I've seen over the years that are the most common reasons why people have difficulty sleeping. One is... Um, the presence of too many mirrors in a room because the mirrors reflect the light and the light moves the chi. And so if you have mirrors in the bedroom, especially if they are pointing towards the bed, if the reflective surface is directed towards the bed, it might move the chi of the room and people have difficulty sleep. Um, So one thing, you know, if you have closet with mirror doors, or, you know, big vanity with big mirrors. Mm-hmm. You can try cover them up and see for a few nights if your sleep improves, and if it does improve, then maybe you can take a more structural approach to it, either change the door of the closet or, you know, remove the vanity mirror or whatever is needed. The other reason would be having too many openings, like I was mentioning earlier. If you have too many doors, um, the modern luxury home has a bedroom with his and hers closet. So there are two doors, one to go to his and one to go to hers. His and her bathroom, so it is another two doors. Then there's the door to enter the master suite, and then there might be French windows, or there might be doors that lead to the gym, or archways that go to the gym. And most of the time, people leave this door open while they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And that also create too much movement because the door, opening door, you know, moves the chi from one room to the next. And so the right. chi is not restful enough. So, you know, okay. one other thing you can do if that's the case is to close these doors. But the most important thing is to have a power position for the bed. And the power okay. position is it's also called the armchair placement. And it occurs when you have a solid wall behind your headboard and then maybe even solid um, wall by each side of your bed. Because without any opening, the chi kind of settles there. It doesn't really stagnate because you do have windows in the room and so in the room anyway, so it doesn't really stagnate. But it is more settled and more calm. And so having your position for your bed there, it helps your body relaxing and is much easier for you to fall asleep. Right. Also, the presence of light, um, most people find it distracting and find difficulty to relax because, again, if you have light yes. in the room, 
too much young energy. You definitely mm-hmm. want to be able to have um, as much darkness when you're trying to sleep as possible. Even during the day, if you have block out curtains, um, that would be would be great to have relaxed and sleeping. But the sleep, this is something important to remember because when I first came here, there was an advertisement for a gym that used to say, you know, they were open at 5 o'clock in the morning and their motto was, you'll rest when you die, which is scary <laughs> because actually, imagine this, if you don't have enough sleep, we actually do die. Um, right. And so having, having six to eight hours sleep is really very important for our physiology and for our ability of our body to heal itself. And so right. the, the, the kind of sleep that we have at nighttime where, when outside is dark, so the entire you know, environment around house is very yin, is very conducive to sleep, is the most stressful sleep you can get. From 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., in the morning is the most productive sleep, the most healing sleep you can possibly have. So, wow. the, you know, trying to get that as much as possible. Even though I know you're a night owl, so you should sleep <laughs> earlier too. I'm just an owl, not a night owl. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you real quickly as we come to a close, what about color? Because I'm very interested in um, color therapy and color vibrations. So, so what about a color for your bedroom? Um, is it the pale pastel? Is that the good one? Or is it it's better to have something brighter in your bedroom? Well, generally speaking, the color that we choose for building are related to the energy of the house and the energy of people. Mm-hmm. So there might be some extraordinary circumstances where you might need red in the bedroom. It's not very common, okay. but there might okay. be some circumstances like that. Generally speaking, though, um, we prefer lighter color, like lighter use. We do not like saturated color. So if you're using blue, we don't want to have a dark blue. We want to have more of a pastel blue or an aqua color. Um, any, any color, even yellows, you know, blues, greens, we prefer something on the lighter side because we don't want to take away from the luminosity of the room because we've got to have a whole other problem otherwise. Right. Another thing that is very popular, it's been very popular for the past few years, are the famous Fifty Shades of White, where people use whites everywhere, especially you see that a lot in... in, in uh, hospitality, where mm-hmm. everything is white and it's very stark white and it's very dramatic. But white is a very aggressive color. In, in the feng shui, white is associated with the metal element, which mm-hmm. is the most aggressive of all. And so only metal people can really handle a white color gracefully. For most people, it's too aggressive. So I would cut down... We're going to have to end the it white, there, white. Simona. I... I really appreciate it, but he's giving me one minute message. Um, I just want to okay. say to you, thank you for coming on because you are really, and for the work you do, you really have so much information. We could make this five shows, and I, I'm sorry we try to fit it all into one, but you've done a great job. And uh, thank you for the work you do and for being such a fountain of knowledge and also of, of your creativity. If you watch yourself on video, you're, you're excited about what you do. It's, it's great to watch. So thanks once again for coming on. And um, we look forward to hearing you maybe come on the show again at some stage. Okay. 
So that'd be great. Thank you so much, for Mike, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Simona. And thank you, everybody, for listening um, to this episode of um, the Awareness Marketplace. And until we uh, meet again, I'm looking forward to next time. And uh, keep your vibration high. And we'll meet again in the Awareness Marketplace. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining us for the Awareness Marketplace. Michael Daly will be here next weekend with another great guest. Tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope you'll enjoy the coming week. Comes a time when you look around and you see the ocean waiting for Showing no surprise